0: Welcome back to the PeaceWorks podcast, everyone. In today's episode, we're going to look at part two of a presentation I did in 2017 called The Impact of Domestic Violence on Children. As a reminder, there are some pieces within uh, this presentation that may be troubling for some or difficult, and uh, if that is you, if you feel that this may be a topic a bit too weighty for you, I would encourage you to to tune back in starting next week uh, as we'll be covering a new topic. Otherwise, I hope this training is helpful. And as you learn, especially today, about some of the impact uh, on children specifically uh, through their senses, that it would be a helpful topic that you could discuss with your pastors, with your leaders, and with individuals, even within your children's ministry. Okay, thank you once again. And uh, this is The Impact of Abuse on Children. Welcome to the PeaceWorks podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. And just like us by what they smell, they can connect to abusive events through all their senses, including what they're smelling. Things like cooking, what's cooking, uh, antiseptic used to clean up or clean wounds, uh, seasonal smells. This one always gets me when I read this one, because I love I, you guys I don't know if you guys have to deal with this, but uh, in West Virginia, we have all the seasons, and um, <laughs> uh, sometimes I hate it, but there are times, the fall in particular. Uh, if you have not been, come visit me in the fall. When everything's orange and red and yellow and just lush. And the smell, it's amazing. I love the spring when it rains. Anybody else? Oh my goodness, that's the best. But we're saying that sometimes children, we can even connect seasonal atmospheric things, smells to events like this. Uh, Children process information just like we do by what they feel. They can sense tension in the air. They pick up on nonverbal cues. They create a sense of fear, anger, apprehension, and anxiety. Uh, Do your kids have that radar? They feel tension? Oh, my kids do too. It's so annoying, especially when I'm in the wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Man, kids pick up on it quick. They may not know what's wrong, but they know something's wrong. Now imagine the, the grand piano exercise, and that's affecting someone you care for like your mom. And you're living with that your entire childhood. How will that affect your anxiety level, your body, your digestive system? Does it have an effect? Yeah, sure does. By what they taste. Just like us, children associate memories by what they taste. They can associate with the taste of food that they were eating, uh, their own tears, taste of blood if they were injured in the mouth. Um, You do hear stories quite a bit of children being injured. Uh, The most common injury is either direct abuse as a targeted victim of abuse. The most common intervention injury is associated with young men who challenge their father at a certain age. And you guys know uh, there's a huge difference between man strength and boy strength, right? I mean, even a teenage boy might get his licks in, but he's going to be overcome because man strength is just different. Um, And you do see some of this, a young man in particular, trying to uh, intervene. And then lastly, by the overall experience, children may experience abusive behavior, such as being threatened, called names, hit, pushed, injured intentionally or accidentally. Um, Emotions such as fear, anger, confusion, responsibility. Do you think children feel responsible for abuse? Yeah, they sure can. If you've ever worked with children who are suffering or struggling with their parents' divorce, you'll often hear them take responsibility for that. This is very similar in that children will take responsibility for abuse. This is where some of the, not always, remember, this is contributive, not causative, but you will be counseling maybe a teenager or a college-age student, and you'll be working through obsessive behaviors, compulsivity, perfectionism. Sometimes that could be associated with if I can do everything right, if I can get everything perfect, then dad won't do this. He won't be upset. I have a friend who said the, her friends would come over to her house after school. They loved to hang out there because her mom was, would bake them things and let them do things. But as soon as they heard her dad's car door shut, like roaches in the light. She said, I never, can, I never understood why that was so powerful until she got a little bit older. What they associated with dad coming home. They can experience ways of responding to abuse, such as calling 911, like our little girl in the first vignette. Helping other children to hide. Uh, older siblings are often responsible for younger siblings during violent episodes. Uh, And they will, in many ways, protect younger siblings. I told you about the 2020 video. Um, In that story, the oldest daughter denied the abuse ever happened, even in light of the videotape that showed her father pummeling her mother. She continued to defend her father. And you have to start speculating and wondering what's motivating that. And those are some questions you would love to ask her. Um, And is there any... Um, anything regarding helping the other kids or trying to end this that goes along with that. Um, This can include distracting the abusive person, trying to stop or decrease the abuse, protecting the victim or participating in the abuse. So it's not uncommon, say, for young men or young women to participate in the abusive behavior, name-calling. There are some benefits to this. It's similar to what we call the... uh, Um, the cycle of abuse. I don't really teach it too often because it's not everyone's story. And I think you can easily communicate that the cycle of abuse is how it always happens. But there is some validity to it. and, And what we say when we say the cycle of abuse is that there's a tension building phase, right? That things are getting worse and worse and worse. Then there's the battering or the explosive phase. And then there's the honeymoon phase where everything's better. And victims will say... That in that tension building phase, it's lasting so long and it's so unpredictable that they will try to incite the violence just to get to the honeymoon phase. Because if I can just get this over with, if you can just go ahead and hit me, then things will be back to normal and I don't have to live like this. It's similar in that children may speed up or try to speed up the process by engaging the abuse as well because they are so accustomed to that tension building as well. Well, if I join in, maybe we can get through this quicker. And it even becomes a way of trying to protect uh, as well. All right, let's, let's uh, play a little bit with a vignette. I'm going to show you another vignette. This is a PSA that uh, probably, I can't remember when, it's, it's old. But to me, it's one of the most powerful examples of what we're talking about. So we're going to watch this PSA together, and then I'm going to just ask you, Uh, what this child is experiencing in about a 30-second or one-minute PSA. I'm going to ask you to help me understand what this child may be experiencing and how it might contribute and uh, help us in our caregiving. Where's, Where's dinner? Well, I thought you'd be home a couple hours ago and but, I what, put everything what, away. What, so what is just, this? Pizza? You had just called me. Yeah, I wouldn't know what. Dinner, dinner ready is a pizza. Honey, please don't be so loud. Please don't. Let go of me! Get in the kitchen! No! Do oh, you want to see that hurts? That's what hurts! That's what hurts! Oh, I can't please. For information, call one 800 end abuse. Not very long, is it? It's one of the most powerful PSAs that I've seen. It tends to get to me, especially when the little boy flinches. But based on what we just went through, all the ways that children can be drawn into the experience, let me ask you a few questions. Uh, First of all, let's start with basic observations. What are some observations regarding that video that you thought were important? Okay, so the kid was by himself on the top of the stairs. He's wearing PJs. So what are some assumptions we might make? He's probably supposed to be in bed. It's late. It's late. late. They think he's in bed. One of the most common responses I get from men that I work with when I do the impact on children exercises with them is they say, well, it's not like my children saw anything. They were in bed. And I usually push back and say, I think that's quite presumptuous. Think you need to really think about this. Is it possible that your children heard something? And let me ask you this Would you do everything that you told me you did if your children were present? Well, no, of course not. Why? If it's justifiable and acceptable, then why is it unacceptable in front of your kids? Because they know it's wrong, right? So, yeah, um, they probably think he's in bed. What else? What's that? No, he didn't go greet his dad. And I would guess, um, and again, this is all assumption, but do you think it's possible that he has been feeling the tension as the evening's gone on before dad gets home? I think with the dinner conversation, there's probably been some phone calls or something that's got him on edge, which, so he hears dad's car, or the door opens and he runs to the stairs. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. How, whoever set this PSA up for this child was did a brilliant job. I think, um, it's very helpful for us. All right, let's go through some, some work here. What did he hear? Dad yelling at mom. mom. What were some of the things dad was yelling about Food. food? All right. Do you, do you think I'm just by what you know about dad, you don't know much. Do you think this is a common exchange I think this has probably happened before. Yeah, yeah. What? What's that? Heard something break? Yep. Yep. Good. He heard mom screaming and crying. Conflict over money. Okay. Do you think this kid, um, this young man, and I'm just guessing. Okay, we're just guessing. But is it possible that this young man has heard that argument about money before? is dad do you think it's possible again we don't know with from 30 seconds do you think it's possible that dad places a value on money especially the money that mom spends yeah, yeah. will that could that I don't say will contributive not causative could that affect him as he grows up and how he views money and relationships and yeah think about that anything else he heard yes So it's it's a given, I think we all agree, that this PSA was intended to show us that he was anticipating the abuse, right? And what I love about it is I think it accurately depicts a young child's mentality. He's anticipating the abuse. He can't intervene, right? He, he might not be able to show his face because then he may be the target. Depending on how angry dad is but that proximity is really interesting. I'm going to leave my room. I'm going to set the top of the stairs so I can witness what's happening. Anything else that he's hearing? Yes. Well, the abuse in the kitchen associated food. Okay. I, I think we'll get to the food thing here in a minute, but pizza, what a sad association. This pizza is awesome. <laughs> yes. Yep. Did y'all hear that? He's hearing dad accuse mom based on her lack of anticipating his needs. Is that not what dad's doing? Pizza for dinner? Don't you know what I like? Don't you know what should be? And, and you'll find this and with controlling and coercive people that they expect you to know what they want. They expect a certain level of conformity from you. If you don't meet it, you're going to be punished. And uh, you can. Very good observation. You can hear that accusation. Uh, And he's hearing that. At this point, I'm not sure he's ready to assimilate that, but if he gets a steady diet of it, that, that could be a contributor. Anything else he's hearing? That's good. Yes, they're everywhere. Right, he's not going to engage. Yeah, that's about as far as he's willing to go. Yes? Uh, My question has to do with the correlation between bullying and uh, observing. This child is observing uh, the abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Remember, contributive, not causative. So we can't guarantee that this child's going to turn out a certain way or not a certain way. But certainly, if he learns through modeling that violence and control gets you what you want, then he may easily revert to that. Of course, he may revert to the opposite, too, which is complete passivity or even passive-aggressive, where he becomes uh, sarcastic or something. I didn't experience abuse. I'm sarcastic, naturally. (laughs) Yes. Um, possibly he's drawing near enough just to see how he's supposed to respond. I mean, he's learning how to be a man. Right? Yeah. So he's learning even how to respond to conflict. Uh, I'm assuming you guys would agree with me that this young man does not have the resources to interpret what's happening. He knows some, but he knows only some in part because he's a little boy. Right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the mom's pleading uh with the dad for a couple of things, but well, let's go with the keep it down. The idea of de escalating, the, the mother's trying to de escalate the situation in large part probably for the sake of the little boy. But also it it is showing that two sides to a coin, which is really interesting. So back to the development issue, the little boy may or may not assimilate this at this point, but it does show the, the power and the weak right? Strength and weakness. And it can display mom is very weak, especially if you fall into this cultural entitlement nonsense that men are supposed to be like macho, strong, you know, in control of everything nonsense, right? And he may very well grow up with, well, that's weak. You know, I'm not going to be like that. And we see that with some victims who their mother was very passive and they're like, I'm not going to be treated like that. I'm going to get my licks in. And they end up in our women's group uh, for the most part. What about, um, so that's some of the things he's hearing. What's he seeing? This is one of my favorites. What's he seeing? Shadows. I don't know about y'all. I was a kid once. Shadows are scary, right? They're big. They're weird. And I'm always fascinated by this, this vignette. The very first thing is, People always recognize how he's seeing these shadows, these larger-than-life afterthoughts of things. And I I think that is a very scary image for me, and I'm 40 years old. (laughs) So for a little boy, that's scary. Is he seeing anything else? His toy. His toy, he's very connected to that truck. Um, Again, whoever uh, directed and produced this, Did a great job. But yeah, he's very connected to his truck. And you can see he's engaged in two worlds, is he not? It's like the truck is grounding him, but he's also connected to what's happening down the stairs. I don't know that there's much more. Anything else he's seeing? don't know any um, public abusers. Meaning I don't, I've not yet met a man course coercive and controlling that goes, you know what? I'm going to start a blog about the ways in which it is such a secret sin and it's dependent upon his control to keep it that way. So mom's got to participate. Children have to participate. Uh, some ways neighbors have to participate. So yeah, I would say their house probably also has to be well-maintained. Uh, considering if he's going to throw a fit about pizza, he's probably got some other demands, would be my guess. Um, anything else he's saying? I'm thinking not in the video, but after, the mother will come to tuck him in and say, you know, comfort him. So he's not worried. She's going to tell him lies he's You know, don't worry. It's okay. You know, right. Yeah. And this is a very good point. So mom comes in to comfort him. <laughs> Everything's okay. Don't worry. But what, what may be visibly uh, on her face. Yeah. She's been smacked. So she might be a swollen face, bloody lip, all of this. So the comforting words have kind of this. Thanks mom. Yeah. Okay. Very good. What about, um, what about what they smell? Is this child drawn in by a smell? Possibly pizza again? What a sad reality that, pizza then could be associated with this. Now, granted, I'm not saying that every time this kid eats pizza, he's going to be whisked back into, but I do want to paint this scenario. Three months go by, dad has not come home in time for dinner, and he's put to bed, and it's late, and mom orders a pizza. And here's the exchange with the pizza man, and he smells the pizza. Anybody? Yeah, the tension might build. There could be no domestic violence that night, but certainly, if I was a kid, I'd be like, whoa, last time this was bad. Any other smells? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, bath time. There could be some bath time smells. Now, again, we're not saying that he's going to want to be dirty all the time. He is a boy, so he's going to be, want to be dirty all the time. But, um, yeah, there, there could be some association there for sure. Anything else? Bueller? Anyone? Bueller? No one? Good, the four of you get it. My goal is really to tell jokes to the point that no one laughs at the end of the day <laughs> and I'm completely isolated from you. That's my humor. Okay, what's our, uh, what's our little friend feeling? We've talked about the tension, but what else is he feeling? Fear. Fear. He, could be feeling he could be numb. He could be numb. He could be feeling nothing. So I think the, the flinch let, lets us say that he was at, very, at the very least surprised, um, which we go down this whole rabbit trail of speculation, but it, it's possible this could be the first time it's escalated to physical force. Um, I kind of feel like he's probably experienced this time and time again, and he knows what's next. I think it's probably escalated beyond this before. Right. Yeah, I'm probably maybe in tears. What's going on, you know? Yes. Uh, he feels love for his yeah. Do you guys hear that? He feels love for his father. Can you imagine? I mean, really, th- this is true, right? Do you think this little boy loves his dad? I would hope so. This is, this is one of those things that it's just, not only is it unfair for kids, it's unreasonable for kids to try to balance um, the right things in life with the things that we're experiencing. This little boy, we can assume, loves his dad. And now he loves his mom too, doesn't he? Yeah, it's not fair. He shouldn't be in this situation. It's not right, yes. Yeah, um, in the vignette, we don't get a whole lot of a picture of this, but it's quite possible that he's feeling guilt or shame. Um, Again, remember, kids are trying to process information based upon the information that they have. So we talked earlier about young people developing things like OCD and compulsive uh, behaviors in part because of if I can do things perfectly when I'm a kid, maybe this will fix it. Uh, He may have a system in place where, you know, if I do this, this, and this, then dad will never hurt mom. Some kind of magical whatever. Or maybe he was an unruly kid that day and mom had to call dad's work Tell him what he did and he's somehow associating that. So yeah, we shouldn't rule that out that kids can feel guilt for behavior that their their parents are doing. Yes. I think even though he's literally he's fearful for his mother. I think he's has, yeah, I think fear for his mom. I think it'd be interesting to have a conversation with him as an adult if we could go back and see this vignette and then get his thoughts, because he may not be able to process what he what he's even feeling, right? He may be fearful for his mom but not know what that is. He may associate it with fear for himself. Any other feelings? That was my childhood. I'm sorry to hear that. Absolutely. That's fair. I think both of those are fair statements because we're, we're talking about children trying to process information, right? And so, yeah. So our sister here said that that was her childhood and, and her response was a little different than the response we had about loving her father. She actually wished her mother would leave and on some occasions wished harm on her father. Is that what you're saying? So she didn't have a loving relationship with her father and sometimes hated his behavior, which that's really a good example of that tug of war, isn't it? Between I love the person and I just am torn by what you're doing. And then she also shared with us that she has a great relationship with her dad today, right? And they're talking even today. So praise the Lord for that and praise the Lord that you're safe and doing well today. So, but certainly when you talk about feelings and children, come on, kids, You've tried to get that out of a kid, haven't you, right? What are you feeling? Well, uh, <laughs> we're all over the place, aren't we? Yeah. Yes, sir. Maybe he's feeling a knowledge of Maybe. He definitely is limited at this age. I do think it's fun to speculate, um, and I wish they had alternate PSAs where maybe he's a teenager and how that might play out. Uh, we show some that I'm not permitted to show to you guys. To our men's group, and there's one in particular where a young man is actually playing his parents against each other. You guys have, if you've had kids more than 10 minutes, <laughs> right, they've played you against each other. Instead of being a team, the dad becomes accusatory towards the mom and ends up, the son ends up trying to intervene and he gets attacked. Um, you know, and then the mom even says, when, when the young man tries to solidify things with his mom the mom even says to him this is the whole reason we started this was because of you you know so even mom participating yeah you know depending on how significant the manipulation is uh, he could be angry at his mom yeah i mean he could really be believing that this is his mom's fault not uncommon to hear children as they get older say, you know, because mom didn't leave, mom wouldn't say anything, mom wouldn't comply. They could even come back to those beliefs of entitlement, right, and even say, well, if mom just did what he asked, it would be okay. So, I mean, we got a lot of complex things here, don't we? And we've got this, that's what we are, is complex body, soul, spirit beings. So we're going to have a lot of complexities here. Yes? Yeah, you know, I would say that um, looking at him, he's in nice little pajamas, Yeah. You know, Mm-hmm. Care. So, I could see a teenage boy having gender issues. Mm-hmm. You know, having issues where he relates more to females than he does to males because this is the females provide the right care mm-hmm. and the safety that he, that he desires and the men provide instability and chaos. Yeah, so, it's possible that he could identify more with mom than he could with dad and then that could cause that rift in their relationships So he and dad of course the opposite's true as well and that's one of the things why i say contributive not causative we've got to kind of see how these things play out it'd be better if there was no violence in the home right that's kind of the goal um what about tasting is he tasting anything pizza, <laughs> pizza. he tasted it a while ago hopefully um Maybe not a whole lot going on here. Maybe his tears if he cries. But uh, the odd thing about this vignette is he doesn't cry, does he? Which says a lot too. Uh, and then, of course, we said children uh, process information about what they experience. And um, so there could be all kinds of experiences that he's dealing with um, associated with these incidents and, and future and further instance. So we talk about this as a pattern, Right. Uh, this is an isolated. We've got a snapshot of what he's experiencing in a pattern. So there could be other things associated with different events, such as people helpers like police and emergency per, personnel or, or a pet or something along those lines. Yes? Would it be common to be here if a child is like that, he's like under, would a higher like, under with a detached and maybe pretend everything was good. So he was on the steering the truck. Maybe yeah. he was wishing his father would be more happy. Be yeah yeah so it detach- did, yeah detachment 's possible i think that I think the goal here is and maybe we 're seeing this is that there 's all kinds of outcomes because people are complicated right and maybe maybe just maybe, as we 've been working through these things today um, you 've seen that domestic abuse there is no one size fits all that diagnosing and responding and intervening takes a lot of time, energy, and effort. When I first got involved in biblical counseling, one of the things I loved about it as a 22-year-old young man was, whoa, this only takes eight weeks. (laughs) Excellent. Cha-ching, cha-ching, pushing them through. But as you can imagine, cases like the one we're talking about can extend out for a long period of time, can they not? I also want to make sure that we're clear that uh, again, this young man um, may be negatively affected by what he's experiencing now, but the hope of the gospel is so, so wide and so deep um, that it's not, it is not creating or causing him or putting him into a label or a pigeonhole that he'll never escape from. Right? And we do, live in, we do live in a society in many ways, in a culture in many ways, that says, you know, once a victim, always a victim. This young man, if, if he encounters the living God, has so much hope, as does his mom, right? And I'll go one step further, as does his dad. If his dad can experience uh, the redemptive nature of the gospel, their whole life can change. Generationally, it can change. You know, I'm not a big generational sin guy, Right? But I do think you know those families, don't you? That the sins of the father carry on to the sins of the son. This normative, this is the way life is. And you just pray, Lord, break that cycle. This is the work of intervention and prevention. Is we want to see the cycle broken in such a way that families, not just families are restored, but that God's glorified. Because I mean, there's a lot of work that, Restores marriages but doesn't work on hearts. Agreed? I mean, there's a lot of quick fixes to marriages that leave people in very deadly and dangerous situations. That's not what we're promoting. We're promoting the redemptive nature of the gospel that is restorative for every aspect of your life. That includes your marriage, right? There can be hope there, but it begins with the transformation of the heart. I'm going to let you go a little bit early because I want to be your favorite speaker. One. <laughs> and two, I'm out of notes. I mean, I can teach you more, but that's what tomorrow's for. So quick commercial. Uh, not really, but I'll be part of the breakouts tomorrow. So I'll probably see some of you guys around. Uh, what I would like to do, and I know this might might be a little different. I don't know how we usually do things here. This is my first time here. Um, it's my first time at a pre-conference. So what I would like to do, and I, I like to end this session this way. I know you guys Know how I feel about this topic because I've been teaching you all day about it. I wonder, could I get a volunteer who would just pray for us, thank God for what we've learned today, and ask His blessing as we we move forward? Would anybody be willing to volunteer for us today? Okay, thank you. Given him to use for your service. Lord, we pray that you would continue to bless the teaching and the fellowship that we have this week. We pray that you would be glorified in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. Copyright 2017, IBCD. All rights reserved. More free resources are available at www.ibcd.org.